Welcome to God's Way Church. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 to 14. Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 to 14. It reads as follows. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Amen. There are times when we find ourselves in such crazy situations where we can't actually do anything in our own strength to change it. There are times when we go through extraordinary difficulties and we're boxed in with no room to maneuver. And when that situation is completely out of our control, and I want you to think of those kind of situations that you might have faced this year, last year, sometime in the past. Maybe you are currently facing a situation just like that. For some people, it's even the pandemic that makes them feel like this. But when you are in a situation that is completely out of your control, you find yourself in a place where you can't retreat. You can't go forward, you can't go left, you can't go right. And that is when you need to stand still. Amen? Amen. And as Charles Spurgeon puts it, that is when you need to look to the Lord who will not only do something, but will do everything. Hallelujah. That is the confidence that we have when we find ourselves in these situations. So I want to encourage you today. Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation and deliverance of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you in Jesus' name. There is hope for you today. Hallelujah. The background to this whole story that I just read now is that the Israelites had just come out of cruel bondage. For 400 plus years, they had to be slaves in Egypt. It was backbiting slavery. It was cruel. It was evil. Even to the point where their sons, their newborn baby boys, were being murdered and killed by the Egyptians. And if you think of 400 plus years in today's terms, right? Say an average lifespan is about 80 years. That means it was over five lifetimes that they were in bondage. Over five lifetimes. So generation after generation after generation after generation after generation after generation of God's own chosen people were living in bondage year after year for their whole lives. So they cried out to the Lord at the end of this. And again, even like when I ministered the last time, it's always when we cry out to God that he does something. Amen. That he moves, that he picks a person, that he picks a group of people and he says, I am now going to deliver you. And the person whom God chose as the deliverer was Moses. So 
after the Israelites had seen how God gave them favor in the land of Goshen, but all the plagues came upon Egypt, just like that in one night, God delivered them after those plagues. Amen. When God sent that angel of death to destroy the firstborn in all of Egypt. Whereas Egypt was destroyed, the Israelites were saved and they were delivered and they left with the spoils as they exited Egypt. And they were freed from that bondage of over 400 years. So they left Egypt. And now they started on this journey to the promised land. But then the word says that Pharaoh's heart was hardened towards them. And he decided, I'm not letting this people go to worship their God. I'm going to pursue them and I am going to destroy them. So in this passage of scripture that we just read, the Israelites were now at the Red Sea. They couldn't go forward because the sea was blocking their way. They couldn't go back left or right because the Egyptian army was bearing down upon them to destroy them and they immediately went into a panic they immediately feared for their lives they immediately cried out and said you know Moses why did you leave us here just lead us here just so that we could die and then Moses told them something that must have seemed utterly ridiculous at the time he tells them, don't be afraid. Stand still. Don't run to and fro. Don't run around like a headless chicken. He says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see no more again forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. So God's word to them was to stand still. And you know the amazing thing that God did? You know that, that pillar of cloud that was with him during the day and the pillar of fire by night? God actually sent his presence. He sent the angel of the Lord to stand between them and the Egyptians. And I want you to know if you find yourself in this boxed in place where you don't know what to do, I pray in Jesus' name. And I want to encourage you with this today, that God will send Jesus Christ, because he is the angel of the Lord, to stand between you and the enemy. Hallelujah. And God will give light to you so that you can see the way, but he will put the enemy in darkness in the name of Jesus. This is actually something I pray for my children, that where the enemy is pursuing my children to destroy them, that the angel of the Lord himself would come and stand between my children and the enemy, and that the angel of the Lord would put the enemy in darkness, that the angel of the Lord would rout the enemy and confuse the enemy and put panic in the enemy's camp. But for my children and for your children and for you and for me, we will live in the glory and in the light and in the warmth of God's presence no matter what situation we are in even if we are backed up against a wall hallelujah Amen. that word that God told Moses to share with the Israelites it went against their natural instincts to flee they were full on in flight mode they were like we need to get out of here 
So what Moses was saying is, instead of trying to escape the situation, instead of running away and trying to save your own life by your own means, come on, stand still and let God act on your behalf. And I want to tell you the same today. Whatever you are facing that might be bearing down on you and looks like it's going to destroy you, whatever that situation is, maybe maybe your financial situation has just crashed. Maybe it's in the area of your health. Maybe something bad is happening within your family or in your workplace and the situation is bearing down on you and you feel like you are going to be destroyed. I want to encourage you, stand still and wait for God to act on your behalf. Wait for God to step in. Wait for God to show up. Wait for God to reveal his power and his strength with a strong and an outstretched arm in the name of Jesus. So the Egyptians were stuck in a place where they just couldn't do anything about it themselves. Their natural escape was cut off. They had no control over the situation. They had to stand still. And that is the title of my sermon today. It is called Stand Still. And when you find yourself in an impossible and difficult situation, and God says to you, stand still, you have to, number one, silence the voice of despair. Because despair will say, give up, lay down and die, play possum, as they say, because the situation is hopeless. But you silence a despair by hoping and trusting in the Lord. You need to remember God's love. You need to remember that he's a covenant keeping God. You need to remember that he's an almighty God. You need to remember that he will never fail you. Hallelujah. You need to remember that God will arise over you and scatter the enemy in the name of Jesus. You need to remember the Lord who has overcome and defeated the enemy on the cross. You need to remember that he has given you that victory and that your hope is secure, hallelujah, and that those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. The word of God says in Psalm 34 that when you, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Amen. And he saves the crushed in spirit. Because that is how these situations make you feel. When you are despairing, it's like your heart is broken. You feel like you are crushed. But I want you to know that God is near to you even now. And he will save you if you feel that you are being crushed in spirit. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, we can all testify to that. Life doesn't just suddenly become easy. We face trial after trial. We face tribulations. We face difficulties. We face afflictions. But listen to this. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Even if you find yourself in an, a place where you are afflicted, I want you to know God will deliver you out of it all, not just some of them, out of all of your afflictions in Jesus' name. Then the scripture carries on and says, He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Amen. You are not going to be destroyed. 
You are not going to come out of this difficult time all broken and bruised in Jesus' name. Not one bone will be broken. Not one promise of God will fail in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. When you're in despair, cry to the Lord for help. He will hear you. He will deliver you. You are not forsaken. You are not alone. God is with you. God is within you. God is for you. And God is near to you. If your heart is broken right now, maybe you've lost loved ones. Maybe a dream that you had, it just looks like it's the end. Maybe something has happened and it's just really hit your heart with despair. I want you to know that God is near to you. He is not far away. No matter what troubles and tragedies you face, the Lord will help you and he will deliver you out of them all because Jesus loves you and he has compassion on you. Even if you are afflicted in every way, the word says you will not be crushed in Jesus' name. Even if you are perplexed right now, you will not be driven to despair in the name of Jesus. Maybe you are being persecuted for your faith. Maybe you are being persecuted for standing up for what is right. But I want you to know that you will not be forsaken. Even though your mother and your father might forsake you, the Lord will take you in, in Jesus' name. You will never be abandoned because you have the spirit of a Adoption and God does not forsake his children. You might be struck down right now, but you will not destroy it. The righteous may fall seven times, but you know what? They will rise again. So child of God, rise again today in the power and in the strength of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, I speak this over you. Maybe you've been laying low. Maybe you are down in the dumps right now. Maybe you've been struck down, but in the name of Jesus, I pray for the release of the Holy Spirit and an outpouring of the Spirit of God into you right now so that you will rise again in the name of Jesus. Your end state is not destruction. God has good plans for you, amen? And God knows about those plans. It's plans to prosper you. It's plans not to harm you. It's plans to give you hope and an expected end. There's a good future for you. You will not be destroyed. And I silence that voice of the enemy and those lies and that voice of despair in the name of Jesus that is telling you that you will be stuck in despair forever. That is not your end in Jesus' almighty name. I want you to know according to Psalm 18 that right now God will reach down from heaven all the way from the sky to the sea. He reaches down into your darkness to rescue you. Amen. He will take you out of your calamity and chaos and he will draw you to himself, taking you from the depths of your despair. Hallelujah. That is the God that we serve. He will take you from the depths of your despair and draw you to him. George Muller says this, do but stand still in the hour of trial and you will see the help of God if you trust in him. Amen. So we need to silence that voice of despair by trusting in the Lord, by taking hold of his all-powerful outstretched hand. Hallelujah. And by putting all our hope 
in him. When God says stand still, we need to silence the voice of cowardice. Cowardice will say, go back to the old way. Don't do things God's way. Compromise your faith, it's okay. Don't do what the word of God says. Forsake God because it was better for you when you were unsaved, when you were blinded by the enemy and when you were in the bondage of fear and sin. And that's what the Israelites wanted to do in chapter 14, verse 12. They were hearing this voice of cowardice. They were hearing the lie of the enemy and the lie we often tell ourselves. And this is what they said. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Can I tell you today that if you are a child of God, backsliding is not an option. Drawing back in your faith is not an option. Don't consider forsaking the Lord. Don't consider abandoning your faith. Don't lose your faith, but rather stand firm in Jesus' name. The word says we are not like those who turn away from God to their destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Amen. Make up your mind today. Don't shrink back in Jesus' name. Don't draw back. Don't turn back. Don't return to destruction in the name of Jesus. Because when you choose to backslide, you are choosing the path of death and you are choosing destruction. It is never better to choose bondage over freedom. I would rather die in freedom than live in bondage in the name of Jesus Christ. Because when I die in this body, I will be Sing to heaven, hallelujah. I will live again in Christ and live in his liberty in Jesus' name. Come on, we need to be counted as the faithful ones. Jim George says, faithfulness to God requires your obedience, even when it's difficult. Amen. Even when it's difficult. We're going to stand on the word of God. Even when it's difficult, we're going to stand firm in our faith. Even when it's difficult, we're going to get up and tell ourselves, hey, I need to pray in Jesus' name. I need to bless the Lord. I need to worship his name. Even when it is difficult, we need to make sure we are running to the Lord and not just covering ourselves up with a blanket and suffering under cowardice and despair in the name of Jesus. So today... Ask the Lord to strengthen you with all might in the inner man. Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to stand firm. Come on. Put on the armor of God, the full armor in Jesus' name every day so that you can stand firm against the enemy in Jesus' name. You silence cowardice by being strong and of good courage. Just like God told Joshua in Joshua 1 verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And if God is for you, who can be against you? What can stand against you in Jesus' almighty name? Hallelujah. We can't stand 
in our own ability. It's impossible. In our own strength, we cannot win and overcome in this life. We need to be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. We need to draw on His strength. So if you tell me, ah, but I'm just human, I fail. Yes, you are human. And yes, you do fail. But you don't only have a human nature as a child of God. You have a spirit man who is alive and who is strong in the Lord. And you need to say, I might be human, but I have the spirit of the living God within me. That means I have the strength of Christ. I have the power of Christ. God is leading me forth in time. In my weakness and in my humanness, God's strength is made perfect and I will rely on Him. I won't use my humanness as a crutch to fail anymore. No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with being human. But don't forget that you have a strong spirit man, that Christ is within you. And you need to lean on the strength of Christ in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit will give you the power to overcome. Come on, we need to remember, it is not by might, it is not by power, it is by the Spirit of God that you will win in this life, in Jesus' almighty name. Silence cowardice by realizing that Jesus understands what you are facing. He understands your human nature. He understands how you feel. And he is willing to help you. Amen. He doesn't just leave us to wallow in our weakness and humanness. He says, because of that, my strength, as in Jesus' strength, becomes your strength in the name of Jesus. So I want to encourage you. Come to the Lord for help. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But one who in every respect was tempted as we are. Yes, God knows exactly what you are going through. Jesus understands exactly what you are facing, even better than anyone else ever could. He was tempted as we were, yet without sin. So that means that Jesus knows how to help you to overcome your human frailty. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We receive mercy because in our human strength we know we fail. But then at the same time we receive that unmerited favor, hallelujah, so that we have the help we need in the time of need. Don't be ashamed of your weaknesses. Come to Jesus don't hide your issues. Don't hide your addictions from him. Come on. Don't try to, to cover up your flaws and your sins in front of Jesus. Lay it all in front of him because he sees it anyway. And lay those things at his feet. And then choose to live in obedience to the Lord and trust him to help you and to set you free in the name of Jesus. Rely on his strength and not on yourself. Come to the Lord and he will help you. Wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait and confidently expect the Lord. When God tells you to stand still, you need to wait on him with a confident expectation that he is going to step in. Amen. Because when you wait on him, you are going to receive new strength. According to Isaiah 40 verse 31. Amen. So you need to silence that voice of cowardice by drawing on the Lord's power.
power. By drawing on the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And you need to wait on the Lord. So your strength and your courage can be renewed. The third voice you would need to silence is the voice of recklessness. The voice of rashness, impatience and impulsiveness. Because that voice of haste will tell you, come on. You need to do something now. You can't just sit and wait. You, you can't just be idle. How can you just stand still and do nothing? Come on, man, take action. Whether or not God says anything, just do something. And that's recklessness. That word says, stand still and see. It doesn't say stand still and do whatever you want to do. Okay? So stop seeing the situation from the natural perspective. Because that's when we become reckless. Because we're not standing still to see we're standing still and seeing what we can do in our own strength. When God is saying, stand still and open up your spiritual eyes in the name of Jesus. Stop trying to reason this thing out with your human judgment and with what other people are telling you you should do. No, he's saying, see what I am doing. Hear what I am doing. And then you will know how to tackle the situation. But in order to do that, you need to stand still first. Hallelujah. God wants to reveal something to you when he tells you to stand still. So I pray right now, come and put your hands over your eyes, wherever you are, say, Lord, open my spiritual eyes, sharpen my spiritual senses in Jesus' name so I can see what you want to reveal to me in this situation. Amen? God wants you to see that he will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And holding your peace means be quiet and operate from a platform of peace. Because when you operate from a platform of peace, you are able to stand still. Because when you have that peace of God, the recklessness and the impulsiveness, it, it quietens that down and you're not so swayed by that voice. When God says stand still and be quiet, you need to quieten your own voice. You need to silence your own impulses and objections. You must stop yourself from being rash and reckless. You need to silence that wayward thoughts in the name of Jesus. You need to bring those thoughts into subjection to Jesus Christ. You need to exercise self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit. In other words, when you stand still, there is something you need to be doing. You need to be exercising self-control. You are the one who needs to exercise patience. Hallelujah. That is what you do when you are standing still. And you need to do what you can do. And God will do what only he can do. Amen? Amen. And then you will see the deliverance that he will bring. Did you know that you can blind your own spiritual sight by being reckless and rash with your thoughts, your words, and your actions? So you have to learn to silence that voice of recklessness so you don't destroy your destiny. And there is a story in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 8 to 14, where it talks about King Saul. And he was waiting for Samuel to come because um, the... the premise that had been established with the rule was that Samuel would come, he would offer the sacrifices, hear from God, and then the Israelites would go out, you know, to war. So Saul was waiting for Samuel to arrive, and it says he waited for seven days, right? 
And that was the time that Samuel had appointed after seven days it would come. But Samuel didn't come to Gilgal. And Saul then saw that the people were starting to get restless. And they were starting to scatter from him. So he decided to do the offering himself. Now understand that was not his role or his calling. He was a king. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't a prophet. So he was not supposed to offer this burnt sacrifice. But he said, let me just do it. Let me offer the burnt offering. Let me offer the peace offerings and step out of my role. And he did that. And as soon as he finished it, Samuel pitched up, right? And Saul goes out to meet him. And the first thing Samuel says is, what have you done? And Saul's like quick to make the excuse. He's like, the people were scattering from me, you know. So I saw that you weren't coming in the days appointed. So in essence, I got impatient. I didn't want to wait. I was being rash and reckless. And he had also seen that now the Philistines were gathering. So the enemy's coming. And he's like, you know, I haven't yet sought the favor of the Lord, but listen to what he says. He says, I forced myself. In other words, he knew he wasn't supposed to do it, but he forced the issue. He forced himself and offered the burnt offering. And Samuel told Saul this, you have done foolishly. Recklessness will make you do foolish things. Don't be reckless. And Samuel simply says, you know what? You didn't actually do what God wanted you to do. If you had actually waited and listened and waited for me, Samuel, to come, God would have, would have established your kingdom forever. But because of what you did, your kingdom will not continue. His recklessness cost him his destiny. That is how harsh, or rather that is how harsh the consequences are of being reckless, of just wanting to force your way. That is how harshly it will impact your life. He's lost his destiny. His kingdom ended right there. His rule and dominion as king ended right there. That's where it started. Because he had disobeyed the Lord. Because he acted rashly. And what happened is God chose someone else. God chose someone who had a heart after God. Because that, that was the issue. When you're reckless and you're rash and you don't want to wait on God, it means that your heart is not, you don't have God's heart. Because if you have God's heart, even if that impatience arises, you will exercise the self-control and the restraint to not act impulsively. Don't lose your destiny because of recklessness. Have a heart that is constantly after God, that even if you are waiting, and even if the people are scattering from you, and even if the enemy is arraying themselves against you, you will still wait on the Lord because your heart is after him and doing what pleases God is more important than you trying to force the issue and acting recklessly in Jesus' name. If God doesn't meet your timetable and he does that, a lot, <laughs> okay? It's, it's, it's a process. It's a lesson that we need to learn. Stand still. Wait until he moves. Wait until he speaks. Wait until he gives you direction. Hallelujah. Don't act impatiently. Don't take things in your own hands. Don't go do your own thing. Stand still, trusting and hoping in the Lord. Stand still and remember his love, his goodness, and his faithfulness. 
He's not going to forsake you. Even while you're waiting, he's watching over you and he's taking care of you. And he will protect you and, and see you through. Stand still waiting on him to make you bold with strength in your soul. Stand still and see the situation with spiritual eyes. Don't be like Saul and judge the thing with your own thoughts and with your natural eyes. Stand still and keep your eyes fixed on the Lord. Stand still and have a heart for God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. When you stand still, you must silence the voice of despair. You must silence the voice of cowardice. You must silence the voice of recklessness. And lastly, you must silence the voice of presumption. Presumption is audacity. It is arrogance. And that voice will tell you, just expect things to work out the way you want it to work out, when you want it to work out, how you think it should work out. In other words, force your way because you feel you have the right to do so and it doesn't matter if you're stepping outside of your bounds and you, you have this presumption and this arrogance and you expect God to do things your way and you get upset with him if he doesn't do it your way. So presumption to explain it further. It's an idea that is taken to be true on the basis of probability. It's not based on faith. It's based on probability, looking at what's happening, and you kind of like, mm, it looks like this, so therefore I must do that. It's not even about hearing the voice of God. It's purely based on probability, not faith. It's thinking that God works according to your formula, your method, how, how you decided he should work. It, it's basically saying, you know what, my ways are higher than God's ways instead of the other way around. Because God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. That's why we cannot operate with that arrogance and with that presumption. So presumption is behavior that is perceived as arrogant. Presumption is behavior that is disrespectful. Presumption is behavior that transgresses the limits of what is permitted and what is appropriate. You are stepping over the line when you are presumptuous. And that's exactly what Saul did when he forced himself to do, to make that offering as we did earlier in 1 Samuel 13, 18, 8, sorry, 8 to 14. The problem with presumption is that it leads to disobedience and defiance towards the Lord and others. Because Saul ended up being defiant towards Samuel's command and he was defiant towards the Lord's command. And I love what Samuel says here, if you read in 1 Samuel 15, 19 to 23. Because Saul did another thing afterwards, okay? He didn't just stop at that sacrifice, but there was a command that they weren't to partake of the spoil of the enemy that they had conquered. And they did partake of the spoil, right? And then um, they were supposed to just destroy the, Amal the Amalekites, but they didn't just stop at what God had told them. They went over the line. So Samuel comes to Saul and he says, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination or witchcraft and presumption, which is insubordination, stubbornness and arrogance 
is as iniquity and idolatry. That is how God sees presumption in our lives when we have it. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. So twice now, Saul hears that because of his arrogance, because of recklessness, because of his presumption, he lost his destiny. Presumption will result in you disobeying God's voice and you will end up rejecting his word. That is the danger of presumption. Presumption will result in you willfully choosing to sin against God because you know you are stepping over the line. This is what David says in Psalm 19 verse 13. Keep your servant from presumptuous, deliberate, willful, flagrant sins. That needs to be our prayer. Father, keep us from presumptuous sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. Hallelujah. We need to pray that verse in Jesus' name. Let us not operate from that place of presumption anymore in Jesus' name. And the Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, that the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you are guilty of presumptuous sins, I want you to know there is forgiveness if you will repent and come to the Lord in Jesus' name. And maybe you're here today and there's other sins that you are dealing with. I want you to know that Jesus is the only one who can free you from the death penalty of sin. And today you have the opportunity to be given of all sins. Hallelujah. Your conscience can be wiped clean. Your guilt and shame, it can be washed away. You can be made clean and brand new in Jesus if you would call on his name. You simply need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he rose from the dead and you will be saved. Because receiving Christ is as simple as A, B, C. A, admit that you are a sinner. Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. B, believe that Jesus Christ died for you. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And then see, confess that Jesus is the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So today, if that is you, if you are sincere and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your King, please pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I need forgiveness. I am sorry for my sins. I don't want to sin against you anymore. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead so that I too may have victory over the grave. Please forgive me now, Lord, and cleanse me. Come into my heart. Give me a new life. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood for me. 
and for saving me. I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Luke 15.10 says this, Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. If you have come and you've repented today and you were saved, can I tell you the angels are rejoicing in heaven. This day is written down. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Your end is not destruction, but your end is an eternity with God and in His presence. Hallelujah. I want to pray for, for everyone who is online today and everyone who is with us. And I just want to leave you with this. When God says to stand still, listen to His voice. Silence the voice of despair. Silence the voice of cowardice. Silence the voice of recklessness. Silence the voice of presumption. Silence the lies of the enemy. But open up your ears to hear the voice that you need to hear. And that is the voice of the Lord. I want you to think about an army. You know, we're going back in time now. And when an army makes camp because they're going to face an enemy, they don't just sit still and idle away their time. They don't just stand still and do nothing. What are they doing when they're in this camp? They are training. They are strategizing and they are planning. They are getting stronger. They remain vigilant. You know, they have lookouts and they have people who are on shifts so that the enemy can't just come and attack them. You know what? They each fulfill their roles in taking care of each other and in taking care of the camp. They are out on patrols. They prepare and they get ready for action. And that is how we need to be when we are in a place and we have to stand still while we are waiting on God's direction. We need to stand still and be immovable in our faith. We need to stand firm and stand still with the full armor of God upon us every day. We need to stand still and stay in God's presence. We need to stand still and stay in prayer and worship. Hallelujah. We need to stand still and continue to study the word of God so that the word can fill us richly and abundantly in Jesus' almighty name. So that as we are standing still, what's coming out of us is the truth of the word of God. We need to stand still and speak life. We need to stand still and speak blessing. Hallelujah. We need to stand still and be vigilant in the spirit. We need to stand still and sharpen our spiritual senses. We need to stand still and remember the vision. We must stand still and remember every prophetic word. We need to stand still and ask the Lord to give us clear direction. We need to stand still and continue to serve in the house of the Lord. You need to stand still and be faithful in the house of God. Hallelujah. We need to stand still, but at the same time be ready to spring into action. We need to stand still with patience. We need to stand still and exercise self-control. Hallelujah. We need to stand still and wait for God's voice to say, go forward. Hallelujah. We need to stand still and wait for God to part those red seas in Jesus' name. I'd like to pray this morning. Father, I pray that we would listen to your voice. I pray, Father, right now, silence the voice of despair. Father, come in and silence the voice of cowardice. Silence the voice of recklessness, my God. Silence the voice of presumption. Silence every lying mouth, my God, in the name of Jesus. 
Father, I pray that we right now would not be afraid, but that we would stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which you will accomplish for us today. For the enemy that we see today, we will see no more in Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now that the enemy that has come up against us one way will flee before us seven ways in Jesus' almighty name, according to your word. Father, we say today we will listen to and obey your voice, my God, so that when you say stand still, we will stand still. And when you say move forward, Father, we will move forward in the name of Jesus. Amen.